it's almost like as someone who's in a recovering codependent and working with a lot of women, it's almost like we know what the person is feeling more than we know what we're feeling. <laughs> it did for all of us for like a long minute. I was like, are you waiting for me to jump in? Are you are you fading me? <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Liana. I am Jared. And we are excited for today's episode. This was like maybe the most fun interview. I, th- I think this is the most fun we've had in an interview. For sure. So our guest, Sasha Tazi, um, is an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. And we actually did this interview with her like a month ago yeah maybe even longer yeah early december or something like that yeah 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 she's like all around badass she's oh gosh honestly like so i actually listened back and edited i didn't have to edit anything but um listen back to the episode today before we record this intro and she's so real yeah like just like unapologetically herself yeah and and Okay, well, a couple things. Um, one, in the episode, I mentioned the YouTube video where you can go see her, but you can't because I fucked it up and we don't <laughs> we don't have a video on YouTube. Um, but of course, you can go and follow her on our page at Sasha underscore Tazi. Um, T-O-Z-Z-I. T-O-Z-Z-I. And um, the other thing is, okay, so at the end... She pulls some cards for us. Yeah. So spoiler alert. She pulls a card for each one of us. Um, and I want you guys, those of you who have been following along with our journey. Uh-huh. The last two or three episodes before this, I want just want you to think about those episodes because those episodes happened after she pulled oh, those cards. Oh, I can't wait to go back and listen now I when know. it drops. It's kind of crazy. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Me too. But we have some housekeeping to do, some updates. So first, let's talk about our sponsors. Yes. So um, one of my favorite sponsors (laughs) is VFresh. VFresh is a company that empowers women to take back their vaginal health. So they have um, products such as V-Cleanse, which is a boric acid suppository, helps with BV and yeast infections. And then they also have um, V-Tract, which helps with bladder um, function and urinary health. And then they have a V-Gentle, which is a wash. And all of it is amazing. I highly recommend this product. All of you guys love it. We've got a new discount code for you. So go to www.v fresh.com v is b-e-e and the code is hello 2021 2021 and if hello 2021 doesn't work try all capital hello 2021 but like we said last week i don't think it really matters yeah maybe we should find out though <laughs> i've never let you do the sponsor do the real read yeah, for I was, well i was also wondering like can i like maybe you do the reads and i'll just jump in with like you should. B-E-E, you know, like whatever. Oh, I'll jump yeah, in with I like, like that. The, the, yeah. the code. You want to try that right now? Or do you want me to try Tushy? Yeah, why don't you try Tushy? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do so bad because I'm, I'm nervous. Um, 
<laughs> We're all judging you. Our next sponsor is Tushy, and they make a awesome line of bidet products, which both of us are diehard users and devotees. I love spraying my butt. Yes. Once you get clean, it's better for your health. It's better for the environment. You're cleaner. You're fresher. It's less gross. Once you start doing it, you'll get addicted to it and just be grossed out by people who only wipe their butt with paper. <laughs> um, and uh, their website is hellotushy.com. They've got a whole line of stuff. They've got the little step stool thingy. They've got bamboo towels. For okay, some I figured out what the bamboo towels are for. What? I have been recently spraying maybe a little too vivaciously. Uh-huh. And the toilet seat gets wet. Oh, that's what those are for? I think maybe it's to wipe down the toilet mm. seat. So I think maybe I need to uh, invest, use our discount and yeah. get a bamboo towel. Yes. Now, it's not a discount code. It is a URL. So you go to hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye. For 10% off. And you get 10% off of everything. I think you did better than I've literally done all of the time. That's so that's so nice of you to validate me. <laughs> so next week you do be fresh. <laughs> oh, I, I'll do be fresh. Will you? Yeah. Okay, you do be fresh. I'll yeah. do tushy. Um, no, guys, honestly, like I cannot recommend these products enough. We would never promote something that we didn't believe in. That's true. Um, Unless they paid us enough, we would. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, we're not. No, you know. we believe in both of these products. That's Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, I use my Tushy daily and I actually use my V-Cleanse like weekly. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, guys. Are you ready for some updates? Yeah, let's 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 check in. Okay. It's been a while since we've said what we're watching. Mm. Like uh, mm -hmm. recommendations on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Can I go first? Please. Okay. I just finished The Mandalorian. Oh, I haven't started. Okay, so I know I'm late to the game. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm guessing like most of our... Well, no. I don't want to send out that judgment. Um, I would have never watched The Mandalorian. Yeah, you're not someone who like loves Star Wars. No, yeah. I'm not a... I'm not like a sci-fi like yeah. stuff like that. But my sister fell in love with it. And my ex-boyfriend was in love with it. And mm -hmm. so one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start it. And, you know, it's only eight episodes per season. There's two seasons. Mm -hmm. I loved it. What? Yeah, because is it kind of like a Western? Like there's like different episodes? like it, Kind you know, of, yeah. Like it's like, like a different adventure of like what's Yeah, happening. but I mean it's, but there's a progressing storyline. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But Baby Yoda so Oh, Baby Yoda has a name, I heard. Baby it's Yoda does have a name, but baby. we are not giving that up on oh, this okay, podcast. Oh, okay, sorry. No, we can't give that up. I don't know what it is. Ba baby Yoda has a name, and I, uh -huh. and I got a... Uh, case for my iPod or my AirPod case. <laughs> Your <That's> iPod <laughs> from nineteen from two thousand and two. I still use my iPod. Like the click wheel. <laughs> no, I got a case for my AirPod case. Mm -hmm. So my AirPod case goes into a case, and it's Baby Yoda. Aww. You know, it's so cute. Um, okay, so I watched The Mandalorian. I have been binging New Girl. I know I I kind of mentioned that. Mm. Um, I don't think I ever finished the series so i just went back and started from the beginning it is really funny like it, it is like if you jump into just the one episode like you have a really hard time connecting with these characters mm -hmm. but just like any show like they're they grow they grow as people um so i don't know i've just been enjoying that and then i started unorthodox with my mom last oh night. it's so good 
Did you mention that on one of the episodes we did? I think so, yeah. Okay, there's only four episodes. Yeah. So it was funny because we were sitting there. We had just finished The Mandalorian. My mom was like, okay, well, my sister... My sister is the queen. She, we used to have sister segments. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Did I, you ever listen to it? Yes. She would come on and talk about all the shows she watched. Because that's what my sister... My sister watches more Netflix, Hulu, Prime than anybody I know. She's the queen of content. She's the queen of content. Um, so anyway, so she recommended Unorthodox and we kind of looked at the preview and I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to be interested in that. Mm. And then the show started and I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. So yeah. at least there's only like three more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be sad when it's over. Um, it's really good. I actually, I, I almost like would go back and watch it again. Eh, no, I wouldn't. So I have been taking a different uh, approach uh, so some of our audience knows my deep, deep love for reality television. We talk about The Bachelor on here. Um, my all-time favorite reality TV show is The Challenge, which is on MTV. It used to be called The Real World versus Road Rules Challenge. Oh, my Lord. It's almost like on its 40th season now. Oh, my And gosh. it's so good. Um, it's like drama and competition and people being jerks to each other. Uh so there's a new season on right now that's really good that they shot in Iceland during the pandemic. Um, and like two very early seasons of the challenge are on Netflix now. Okay. And that's just delightful because it's like like early 2000s. Like everyone's like smoking all the time. And like, because now it's like gotten more, se- like the physical competition has gotten more serious. So people are like, working out all the time like in between the competitions and back then like everyone was just like smoking partying like whatever yeah that makes sense um so that and my other thing because you know the world is like heavy right now and things aren't great and um so a, a really nice like comfort retreat place for me is hgtv really yeah but I got it. It's got to be the shows that like focus more on like renovation and construction. Sure. Got like it. I don't care about decorating. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what happened? Like, you know, like is that wall load bearing? Like that's kind of what I want to see. Like I like how you're like you won't sit through like a comedy series, but you're like, yeah, I want to watch like an MT an old MTV. Oh, a hundred percent reality. Yes. Show. Yes. <laughs> Something about scripted comedy just is not, because it always feels so predictable to me. I'm like, yeah, "Eh, okay. Um, So, but my HGTV show jams these days, I'm down with good bones. Um, It's a mom and a daughter flipping houses in Indianapolis. Uh, Flipper Flop's always a good one. (laughs) And uh, uh, Holmes and Holmes is a really good one. That's like they're up in Canada, but anyway, those are those are my picks. It sounds great. I there's going to be a, a a large group of listeners that are going to completely agree with you. Okay, and before you all hit me up, I used to be down with Fixer Upper. I don't like it lately. Like they've gotten too much into like showing their kids and like kind of projecting a whole mm. image of their family. Oh, is that like who is the? That's Chip and JoJo. Yeah. See, I I'm don't like, even just fucking. Fix I don't up even the know them. But I've heard of that yeah. whole... They have a whole empire now. Yeah. Like they have like stores and a million other things yeah. and stuff. I mean, good for them. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah. they seem like lovely people, but I'm a little out on the show. Well, thanks for sharing 
your recommendations. You're welcome. What's new with you, friend? <laughs> um, work is very busy and stressful. It's the start of a new semester. We have students actually coming to campus. So lots of like COVID. I'm having like lots of COVID anxiety in my workplace. Um, but uh, still seeing the same person I've been seeing. And uh, it's been going well. I randomly had... So since in our interview that listeners are about to hear, right? Like one of my favorite parts of the interview is when Sasha like talks about the unconscious, mm. you know? And like, because it's always been such a big part of my life of like, well, I, I feel like this, but like, what is the real reason and whatever? And so like, I was running today and I had this thought of like, oh no, am I like sort of starting to pull back from the person I'm seeing? Mm. And it was like, and it is kind of like scary. I don't, cause I'm like, oh, cause that's like my pattern. Right. And I'm like, fuck, is this like happening again? And I'm like, and I went through this whole like, why? And like, and then I'm like, no, like you're being crazy like this. And it's like, well, now is it going to come true? Because I'm thinking about it, like all this mm-hmm. shit. Um, and like, I guess like that, that's scary and that sucks, but I'm also like, well, I'm just gonna, like after we're done here, I'm gonna like call her and just be like, hey, I was running and like this thing happened and like blah, blah, blah. Cause it's the only way I know to deal with it mm-hmm. is like, and I think it's actually the healthiest way. It's just like name what's happening and like talk about it with the other person, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, you haven't called her yet? No. It happened today? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that is a horrible, um, what's it called on a show? Cliffhanger? Oh, yeah, I guess Why so. would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> We're trying to get the people to tune back in next week. <sighs> All right, tune back in, guys. Well, yeah. okay, can I, can, I have, can I put some thoughts on Please, this? I would okay. love that. Well, I'm, I'm in your room. Yeah. It's a disaster. That's true. <laughs> do you think maybe you are... Yes. Letting go of a little bit more than you need to be right now. Okay, let me rephrase that. Do you think you are giving of yourself more than you have space to give? Yes. Yes. I think that's a big part of it. Um, And like even, so even this weekend, right? Like I had plans with the person I'm seeing on Saturday and that was fun and nice. Um, But it was kind of like I had to, I couldn't like sleep in on Saturday because I go for my bike ride and then I was, you know, spending the rest of Saturday with her. And then I also like got a call from the people at the meditation center and they were like, Hey, we could use your help. Are you? And I was like, and this was like midweek and I'm like, I could drive out Sunday if you guys need me, like blah, blah. blah. And I like kind of knew I should have said no, mm-hmm. but I had like offered the last time I was mm-hmm. there. I'm like, hey, if you guys ever need like an extra pair of hands, like I, I like to work, like I'll come out there and work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I had to say yes the mm-hmm. first time, you know, otherwise I was like full of shit when I mm-hmm. offered or whatever. Which so, you yeah. didn't. You could have said no. I know. And they still would have loved you. I know. I know. This is the two in me. I know. Um. So I've been saying yes to way too many things. Yeah. And, but it, it's not like she's been asking of my time and no. I've been, you know, and like, cause some of it is like, 
I wish I was working less so I could spend time with her. Right. Well, that's how it but, was in my relationship too. I mean, that's with any relationship is yeah. you have to be consciously setting a boundary so that you know you don't get to a certain place. Like yeah. you have to set the boundary more than you want to set the boundary. Mm, I like that. That's you know? true. Yeah. So, so what are some boundaries you could set this week for yourself? <laughs> oh, thank you for walking me through You're this. welcome. Um, well, so I think what's, so this weekend actually is sort of, the timing's perfect because she has sort of family stuff. So she's going to be like out of town doing that. And so I get to just like clean my space and <laughs> do lots of things that I've been sort of neglecting and just also have some fucking downtime. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you need that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you-, you know how where you're almost like, we're almost at the place where actually, I don't know. Do you feel like the relationship gets to a point? where you can be with the other person and it still feels like downtime or like you're still kind of able to get little things done? That was really hard for my last relationship because Mm -hmm. he had a hard time feeling like he didn't have to make sure that I was okay when I was at his place. Yeah, see, I I have that too a little bit. Yeah, and I, I told him over and over I, I have so much work I need to do. I can just come over, sit on the couch, open my laptop, do all my work. I can make my own tea. I can do this for myself. And he just, he couldn't. He had to attend he to me. He had to attend to me. Yeah, I have a little bit of that. Yeah. I'm working on reforming myself. Yeah. Um. So the other thing I would say is I would challenge you mm-hmm. um, like, like, to... Like, like the challenge on MTV. Oh, good lord is it is it that kind of challenge <laughs> it is okay whatever good. you can connect with yeah i would challenge you to not just wait for moments where it's like inevitable that you guys won't be hanging out because she's going to be out of town yes but that you right. create yes those moments ask for that yeah yeah yeah. Thanks, friend. You're welcome. Um, so, what's happening with you? I'm sure our list. I'm sure our, our astute listeners have been picking up you talking about your relationship in the past tense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, by the way, if you're a new listener to this episode <laughs> because you follow Sasha, welcome. Um, the last three episodes have been kind of a roller coaster. So I was in a relationship for the past six months. Um, we broke things off at the end of December. And then last week's episode, I had talked that we were we were trying to see if we could work things through and mm-hmm. we were going slow and everything. Um, and it, officially this past weekend, um, it is now 100% over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really hard and... Maybe I'll talk more details at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, it, I don't want to spend like the rest of our our episodes on this same thing. But um, it was, I do think rekindling was the right thing to do, even mm-hmm. though it ended worse the second mm-hmm. time. Because otherwise there would have always been that wonder. Yeah. And even though I hate that it ended so badly... I think both of us know that we are just, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And sometimes you got to take another lap around the track. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's very, it's painful. It's hard. I'm kind of in like the angry part of the grief right mm-hmm. now. Um, just having some, some 
feelings about some things that were said and how our last moments together, um, how they looked. And, you know, it's just, it's, I go back and forth. I'm, I'm trying to dive into work and goals and stay focused. And, um, you know, I did a lot of the, the depressing part of the, not the depressing, the depressive part of the grief. What is that? Stage yeah. Called? Depression is a stage. Yeah. yeah. Is it De depression? Yeah, it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, etc. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I did I did a lot of that in the first two weeks that we had broken up. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm sure I know there's going to be more of that to come. It's cyclical. I yeah. know that I will still have the urge to reach out to him, um, mm. but I don't think I'll ever hear from him again. So <laughs> that well, will that's a that nice will closure. help that will help with that urge because it would hurt even Oh my goodness, what a disaster. But um what I mean, just some funny things that have happened. I ha already I had like this person not even knowing reached out to me. She's a client of mine and was like, "Hey, I know this guy that I want to set you up with." Hey, look at that. Um and I said, "Hey, like I'm going through this right now. I'm not quite ready, but mm. like, you know, keep me in mind for the future." So she had reached out and then reached out like she's like, "Oh, I already ha I also have this guy." And then um today I got a DM about wanting someone wanting to buy I was going to say already men are expressing their interest yeah. in you. Yeah. Yeah, I got someone wanting to buy my socks and sh use socks and shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Well, I <laughs> Okay, so for people who don't know, um this is a thing. Do you know that there's a website called like WikiFeet that's basically about like <sighs> pictures of famous people's feet? Like that's so disgusting. There's there's dudes who are super into feet and uh who will apparently DM Minor podcasters. <laughs> Actually, though, they do, they DM my personal page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it says, uh, so I'm just going to read you guys the DM. So it goes, hello, sorry to bother you. I was just wondering if you would be interested in selling some of your used, worn sh shoes or socks. You have very pretty feet. Sorry, I don't mean to be weird you out. I don't mean to weird you out. Please let me know I'm located in Redlands, which is where I live. So now yeah. I'm even more weirded out. So then I sent to Jared and I sent to Michelle and I was like, Michelle's my best friend. And I said, yay or nay. And both were like, eh, why not? I, mean, <laughs> I sort of asked myself, I'm like, if, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, haha. -ha, um, if I was in your position, like, would I do it? I so, know. so I responded. Did you, ask, you responded? Of course. I said, how much? <laughs> what did he say? He said, $5 a pair of socks. And for shoes, whatever sounds good to you. And I blocked him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, add some zeros, dude. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wouldn't have ever gone through with something like that. It just creeps me out too much. I mean, honestly, even the fact that I just responded back, I yeah. was like, Bleh. The best part is, you know how, when, when, is it when you sent me the screenshot, you know how at the top it says, like, you know, if, if, if you have friends in common or whatever, and so at the top it said, you both follow. And I was like, oh, there's oh, a mutual yeah, friend. Yeah. And then it was Converse. <laughs> and, and I was like, of course you both follow Converse. <laughs> it was perfect. Um, I also got a slide from a married man. Oh. Yeah. So um, 
So I posted on Instagram. I made a post. I just honestly, I just got tired of texting all my friends like, hey, we're trying it again. Or, hey, we broke up. Oh, we're trying it again. Oh, we broke up it again. And mm-hmm. I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to make an Instagram post. And I just posted something very uh, short. I said, hey, guys, I was in a relationship. We tried again. Didn't work out. You know, um, I'm going to be continuing to heal moving forward. And thank you all for your support or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he then DM'd. He said, hey, I saw your post. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go into it too much, but it was a little forward. Um, he um, did mention in the DM he was married. So I'm kind of wondering if it was like a... Like an open situation? Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he was nice about it. it. wasn't There wasn't any pushiness or anything. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, thanks. Thank you. Was he like, hey, do you want to get the second D in, in Dabda in the, in, the, in the stages of grief? So- oh, my gosh. <laughs> He was like, you know, the first D is denial. Would you, would you like to, would you like to know what the second D is? Um, yeah, that, no, that's actually I apologize what he said. to everyone who had to hear that, by the way. No, yeah. it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, it was, just, it was a funny joke because of how bad it was. Yeah. Maybe, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I just, you know, and we talked a lot about that on the episode we have about um, how to handle inappropriate situations, like yeah. a, a boss bitch. Oh, yeah. What did you do? Um, I just, I went kind of back and forth. It just was very short. Um, you know, we said, your post just kind of spoke to me. And I said, oh, nice. Thanks. And then, um, you know, I, th- I thought about just going in and being like, hey, dude, like, what's your, what's your intent here? But I don't know. He was kind of just paving the way to make himself not seem creepy. Yeah. And um, like he said, if I ever needed a stranger to talk to about it, like he would be there. Hmm. But then followed that up with that he was married. So it was odd. That's interesting. I know. So I, I now I want to. Okay, after we're done, I want to read these messages. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you read them. So anyway, yeah. um, but all to say is, I don't know. I feel like the. I feel like why do men know immediately when you've gotten single? Well, well, you... I mean, in this case, yes, yes, yes <laughs> I get it. Okay, but like, but my client though, she didn't know. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like maybe the universe is like because she kind of texted me. I don't know. I just, I feel like the universe is telling, not with the DM guy and, mm-hmm. and the foot guy, but I, I think with another thing that happened that maybe we'll talk about later, um, I feel validated to mm. move, to move on. Good. To yeah. move on. Yeah. And, and I, again, like I wish my ex-boyfriend the best and of course. I obviously still love him you know something like mm-hmm. that doesn't go away but um but and i will miss him and it's hard to imagine my life without him but mm. you know we'll we'll we will both heal in our own time and when it's ready oh you know what i was gonna say about this too i used to judge people for jumping on dating apps so soon mm. i'm not on a dating app i okay. did sign up for one briefly like a week and a half ago. By the way, and by people, you mean me. No, 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 no. I didn't <laughs> no, mean you. I no, I mean, but like. Because I jump right back on that. I know you do. Okay, so here's the thing. 
And my other girlfriend said she did too. When, when my ex-boyfriend, not this current one, the abusive one, um, mm-hmm. when that relationship ended, he was basically in another relationship three weeks later. And I was so hurt by it. Just yeah. so hurt. But I just, you know what? Like, I kind of get it now. Like, I just, I'm not saying that's always the healthy thing to do. Like, did he really work it out? Like, I don't know. He had a lot of other issues. Yeah. Um, but I can understand some people, like, you can heal and be in a relationship with someone else. You can do both simultaneously. Yeah. You know, there's no, I don't think there should be any rules about it. And again, I'm not. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm not on the dating apps, but I have considered like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe in a week I will be ready I, or maybe I'll get on and match and then be like, nope. That's what I did ready. for a long time. Yeah. Like after this like latest one is like, because you're just kind of like, you, I think you do it for just like the dopamine hit yes. and like. Just to like, oh, like people are interested in me. And somehow that's reassuring. And Even like, though it's so fake. Yeah. It's like, it's yes. all superficial. Yes. And, and, and like you said, like I knew, I know that like, let's say in a week or two weeks or whatever, and I get on the apps and then I meet someone in person and it's a big disappointment. I am going to immediately be like. That's the worst part. I, I miss him. Like yeah. our relationship was amazing. I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a so that it, you know. This wonderful man. That's why you have to write down and remember all the things that you're mad about right now. And I know. And all the things I that should. were bad. I should. Yes. Yeah. Because it is, as time goes on, it's really hard to remember them. Yeah. When you're lonely and sad and you don't feel good about yourself, you're like, they were so great and I'm such a piece of shit. And like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry this intro is long, you guys, but I, I just wanted you guys to kind of know. Um, and yeah, I feel like I feel really proud of, of where I am. Yeah. And if you're new to the podcast, we share real and vulnerable stuff. We talk about poop sometimes. <laughs> um, I make bad jokes. Uh, this is us. No, I mean, but I think I think I, I appreciate your openness, even with something so fresh. Like, and mm-hmm. I think... Um, we actually, we got a lot of, I got a lot of people uh, messaging me about last week's episode. Oh, that's so I got cool. a little um, taken, a, or what would be the word I got? Taken aback? Taken aback by myself. Yeah. <laughs> you were taken aback no, by yourself? No, no. I started crying. What's the word for that? I got um, emotional. That's sure. The word. Yeah. yeah. I get a little emotional. I was just be- being very like um, transparent about what was happening in the relationship. And I-, I feel like whenever we do those types of episodes, it's just that's where people relate. Like they relate yeah. to the real and the raw. Yeah. So um, anyway, go back and listen to that. That's one's called um, Should I Should You Get Back With Your Ex? Yeah. I think, I think that's what makes us different from the stuff that people like. Sasha and Dr. Frederick and Dr. Betsy and all these people put out there because we are not the experts. We're like mm-hmm. your friends who are stumbling along on mm-hmm. the path with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to talk to the experts. And the funniest part is whenever we do, we're like acting like we're asking questions as podcasters, but we're really like, tell me, tell me what to do with my own personal life. Yeah, well, literally, we had Sasha pulled cars for us. Yeah, we were like, tell, tell, like, tell, tell us, us what to do. Like, something, give us something. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, guys, um, I 
am so excited for you to listen to this interview. Yes. Listen to it. Hit Sasha up. Tell her you loved her on Hello and Goodbye. Yes. And that she should come on again. Yes. Uh, and we I'm, had so much fun with her. And we're going to see you in just a second. Enjoy, guys. Bye. All right. Well, you guys, I am so excited to introduce our next guest. She is a writer, healer, student, and teacher. She's a certified coach and hypnotherapist and firmly believes in hope, healing, and daily miracles for all. Addressing life from a mind, body, soul perspective, she helps free people from the codependent cages they didn't even know they were in and tune back into their intuition and life force. She's been continuously sober since September of 2011 and claims her sobriety and mental illness journey as the doorway to her full awakening and creativity. She lives in service to truth and love. You can find her at home introverting, dancing to old school rap, skipping off to yoga or baking vegan cookie balls. Please welcome Sasha Tazi. I, I should have even asked you, how do I say your last name? Is it Tazi? Got it. You got it. Oh, most, most people say Tozy, so I give you a trophy. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I'm so glad. I was like, I cannot believe I just read through all of that seamlessly and then didn't even ask how to say your last name. It's it's honestly something I, sh- I should be aware of telling people, but I, I never do. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's not your responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just want to say that that intro is maybe like the most, like that just resonates with everything that Leanna and I are about right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. I am too. It's really good to be here. It feels really good. Yeah. And, and I love that we kind of had some time to talk before you already like feel like a friend and, um, you know, you have been, you and I have kind of been in communication before this and you've been such a delight to like talk with. And so I'm just, I'm so happy that my listeners get to like kind of experience your light right now. And so if you could just kind of tell my listeners like who you are, where you're from, what it is you do and kind of how you got into your lifestyle. Hmm. Sure. Um, <clears throat> who am I? That's such, a big, <laughs> that's such a big question. Like identity. I know. I'm like, can you just tell it? Just tell us who you are. <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Like now that you asked me. Um, so I am. So I'm. I live outside of um, Maryland in Washington D.C., like 15 minutes from the city, and. Um, a little city called Bethesda. And um, I I guess who am I? Like, I'm Sasha. So when, when I entered recovery and got sober in 2011, I was really into – it was important for me to, like, label myself and um, as an addict in recovery. And it kind of fit, and it was appropriate. And then – a couple years ago, I really got out of labels for the most part. Like, I mean, titles like tell each other who we are, but then at the end of the day, it's like underneath all of that, I'm just this person, right? This human. Mm. And I think that, so all of the titles that you said that I am, I am, but um, they carry a lot less weight than they used to. I used to be really attached to them. And on some level, I still am. Um, but I, I, the more I'm on this journey, the less inclined I feel to label myself at all, even though, like, I love taking personality tests. And, like, I, I 
like astrology and um, all and of like, that. And you know, like, you know, like which like uh, uh, Harry Potter like school you belong to, whether you're no, like a no. Slytherin or a Hufflepuff or. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, sort of like Harry, different. I don't really pay attention to Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but other other shows, I guess I don't even know what shows. But um, I'm really into astrology and like being a Leo and like, and I, I sometimes over identify with that. But um, progress, not perfection. So hmm. let's see, who am I? Where am I from? How did I get on this journey? Like, what yeah. makes you you? Oof, <sighs> Leanna, going <laughs> going in hard. Yeah, right from the start. Oh. Well, I think that if something that's always stayed the same throughout my life and even when I was kind of representing my false self, had a lot of open wounds and like active addiction and definitely not um, aware yet, um, is just like my heart and how, how, um, like how passionate I am about mm-hmm. like how enthusiastic I am and how just like even when I was little, I just had a lot of spirit and like heart and hustle. Like mm-hmm. I remember um, I was scared of the soccer ball, but I was on a soccer team, but like I wouldn't chase after the ball because I was scared of it. I just, <laughs> I just ran up and down the field because I was so I just was like a hustler and like had so much heart and soul. And um, that's, that kind of encapsulates like even still now today as like a 35 year old woman that just kind of like my, my spirit is just so much so alive and has stayed alive. It was kind of dormant for a while when I was like in the throes of um, so much pain and addiction and suffering and trauma. But it's like resurrected and mm. um, and rekindled, and that's kind of how I see myself, like especially on my best days. But I still see it even when even when I'm not having great days. So mm. that's so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, cut you off. no, you go. Okay. Well, it's it's just it's really beautiful. Just kind of looking at you and if the listeners obviously they can't, they can't see you but they can go to the YouTube channel and watch this video but it's really beautiful looking at you really like coming into yourself and being like we actually Jared and I were just talking about this you know we it's often that we jump on these podcasts and we give the answer that we're supposed to give mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's like okay well this is who I am and this is what I do and this is how old I am and that's what you're saying like we have all these labels but it's like really like who who are we like who is this person in here and i love just watching you like really like have a moment of like yeah okay how do i how can i answer this question that's like really true to my heart mm-hmm. of where i am now um can you i have so many other questions though in terms of you know you brought up you have had some addiction and trauma and all of that and I'm assuming that led you into the line of work that you do. So do you mind telling a little bit of your story and then sharing with your listeners what it is now that you do um, that goes in line with that? Sure, sure, sure. So um, definitely it was my own journey that of, of 
getting sober, kind of the how that manifested, that pushed me into naturally wanting to share it and help other people kind of through that same thing. But prior to that, like my background is in psychology, like my college degree is psychology. Um, I've always been fascinated by like why people do what they do and um, behavior change. And so I was on the path to doing something as a service professional. Like I, I already, um, before I started my own business as, as like this multi, like, um, let's see, multi-focused, like healer, like on any given day, I kind of like say a different title. So, um, <laughs> but really just like helping ha- other people on their journey and he- and helping them heal, helping them find their healer within. I think there's, yeah. When you say healer, it's like, I don't heal you. I help you heal. Um, but so I was on that path, like from a, from a younger age, like I was always very like, just, I don't know, helpful, like spiritual, like in tune with other people, like wanting very empathic, very sensitive, like wanting to like ease suffering somehow, even though Mm. I'm suffering too, like Mm. I I didn't really know how to necessarily ease my own. So like once Mm. I got out of it, so I graduated college and I had taken like a long break because I was getting caught up in addiction and kind of just living not my best life. And, and, um, I, once I graduated and I got like a real corporate nine to five job in like, um, a sleep disorder center, I just, I lasted like 11 months I had been working in restaurants prior to that and the restaurant industry was very much in tune with my lifestyle. And so once I got like this real job, I was like, this is not going to work. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) cannot do it. Like, and I, I went and got a certification. I went and did yoga teacher training and that opened me up to like more alternative pathways, complementary medicine, like, like holistic healing and I I had thought about going back to school to get my PA, physician's assistant, like LCSW, like all these things. And then I was like, I found coaching online. I found a certificate program that was local at Georgetown and I, it was the first cohort and I just like applied for it, went there, um, did the thing and there weren't really any jobs that I could get from that in places like some places hire health coaches. Cause I started like health coaching, like, like more of the diet and fitness and nutrition and lifestyle. And mm-hmm. there's some places that hire and maybe more now, um, but this was 2013, 14. And there were like, when I would look online, there were like insurance companies that were hiring health coaches to like have these phone consultations and get people on the phone who had health problems that actually didn't necessarily want to be better, like try and coach them. Mm. And I was just like, I guess I need to like start my own business, even though I don't want to. And that seems like so far outside my, like I had no business experience. Like I did not was not excited about promoting myself. I was so shy. I was like, 
oh, this, I, I have no other option. This is like the only way I can actually use what I'm like, use my, this is the only way I can actually help people with what I know now is to like start my own thing and have it like make it my own. Right. And yeah, eventually, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I know. I'm just, yeah, I, I totally relate. Like, you know, like the, the self-promotion that goes with that can be really like a tough obstacle to get over. Right. Totally. And it's its own like business and marketing is its own like beast. Like mm-hmm. it's not, because it's like you have these healing skills and these strengths to be able to help people, but then you need to develop this whole other skill set to actually get in front of people and get out there. And maybe you have some natural talent with that. Or maybe you have a business uh, marketing background. Like one of my friends, she did study marketing in college and she's a coach. And so it comes very easily and naturally to her to just like promote herself. And that is so great. For me, it was a learning curve. Like, so, oh, but really what the catalyst was, I had been, I had gotten sober with AA and, you know, all the stigma with that of like, Mm -hmm. hush, hush, like go to the meetings down in the church basement and like, don't really say you're an alcoholic and you can't break like anonymity. And it's just so this like, this like underground universe that I was just like, this is weird. Like, why can't we talk normally outside of these meetings? Why can't Mm. we be honest and transparent like you guys are on the podcast? Like, why can't we have more openness and vulnerability instead of like, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not supposed to tell anyone. Like, <laughs> right. So it's, it's so like shame. It, it just perpetuates mm-hmm. the stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, so my best, one of my best closest guy friends died of an overdose in 2015. And I was devastated. I was so devastated that it was actually became the catalyst for me wanting to go public. Mm. My story of recovery and be, like I came out sober online that year mm-hmm. and like launched my blog and website started writing a lot about my own journey and it and I wanted to work with people the whole time but it like naturally led to like recovery coaching and helping other people get sober and stay sober and really just like increasing the awareness and conversation around this huge epidemic of addiction. Hmm. Um, and I found some other people online that were like recovering out loud. It's what they said um, hmm. that year. And we all formed like a, an alliance almost. Cause like it, it was the most public people had ever been about um, struggling with addiction and like making it out to sobriety and then using different pathways besides AA. So that was huge. So like the Instagram space and all my whole recovery circle on Instagram with like all the people that were coming out at the same time were also sharing all the different ways they did it and just like blowing people's minds. And like, Mm. because up until that point, it was really like, go to rehab, go to 12 step, which by the way, I have so much respect for 12 step and I love it. And it, it provided me with such a great foundation, but as things progress and, you know, 
being progressive and open-minded, there are so many other pathways. Um, yoga is one of them. Like yoga helped me a lot in the beginning. That's when I got into it in early sobriety. And it was like the physical body piece mm-hmm. and the releasing like trauma in the body and all of that. So um, now I've kind of gone off on a tangent. So No, 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 no. You're, so, okay. So – you, what year did you become sober? 2011. Okay. And then how long after you became sober did you start your business? Four years. Okay. So it kind of like was like a four-year process of like going through, like getting the yoga teacher certificate, finding the coaching program, doing the coaching program, then realizing you wanted to just work for yourself, which when you were saying that over here, I'm thinking like, well, yeah, you're like such an individualist. Like there's no way you could ever work for anybody else. Like it made sense to me, like just looking at you. And I think you and I are very similar in that way, but, um, okay. So, so now you've created this business, you're sober, you're helping other people become, or like, do you help them like, from the like, how does that work? Like working with people on their sobriety. Like, do you start from day one? Like, like, hey, listen, we're going to do this together, or is it kind of like they've made this decision and then they come to you? Mm. So, well, interestingly, I don't. So, I as I've been in 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 my business, my niche has evolved. So, I still uh, work with people that come to me that are sober if, if it feels aligned, but I, I don't market exclusively to sobriety anymore, like, or talk about that, or that's the only thing I talk about. So it's really like, it moved from sobriety to like codependency, like emotional sobriety to kind of like, um, that's, like, honestly, it's so hard for me to niche down. Like, it's still hard for me to niche down. So, like, I I, I do a lot of work with codependency um, because it's very pervasive. And it's such – it's like an umbrella term of, of women that, you know, all the habits, pe- perfectionism, people-pleasing, um, giving power away to men, like – or women or – just codependency I see as like the ultimate self abandonment of focusing on Mm. someone else at the expense of yourself or like, um, giving your power away to even just like systems and institutions Mm. and not like recognizing your individuality. So that's more of like my, I kind of just, as I'm saying it, it's like just helping people really like, get in touch with them, their own power and intuition and whatever's holding them back in that way, you know, wounds like society programming, old conditioning, like Mm -hmm. past experiences, like that's what we heal so that they can kind of like expand into their, their fullest expression. Um, Right now I'm running a group program for women called return to self. And so Mm. it's all about like coming home to yourself. I mean, self-love is such a buzzword. It's, it's, it's just like learning how to take care of yourself and like really inhabit your own body and on the levels of like body, mind, and spirit. So, so we look at like 
we approach it from all all of those aspects, like not just lecture and mind stuff, mindset, mental mentality, but also like the emotions that you're experiencing in the body, where does it show up in the body? And then relating that, I mean, tying it all in mind, body, and spirit. I'm really, Mm -hmm. I'm really adamant about it being like holistic because all of our parts are connected to our, all of our parts. So like Mm. really work on one thing without working on all of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, for me, Sasha, like I have been on a journey, you know, for a long time, but especially like the past few years where like, I'm in pretty like intense therapy, like I see a relational psychoanalyst once a week. Um, I've done a couple like 10 day silent meditation retreats. And like, um, and I'm about, uh, I don't really identify like as a person in recovery, but I stopped drinking about like two months ago. Um, and I know it's so wonderful, right? Like what's, and what's interesting for me is like, I spent a long time in my like thirties, uh, having this nagging thing in the back of my head that like, I, I need to, I should like do something about my drinking. Cause it wasn't like over the, it wasn't like self-destructive, but it was just, there was like more consequences that were coming with it than I wanted and like probably more than there were benefits. Um, and weirdly what happened is like, as I started to fix the things that were causing me to like try to numb with alcohol, uh, I just stopped really wanting to drink. And, you know, I weirdly like don't even miss it. And so like that's like that when you were talking about like all of it being connected, because part of my journey in therapy has also been like identifying my own trauma from like early life and things like that. And sort of like recognizing that both from a kind of like talk therapy sense and like an embodied sense and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's just so resonant to me that like, um, you know, the way in which it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we're such dimensional beings. You can't argue that. So you like, you can't just like, I mean, you can just do talk therapy forever, but like, it's only going to take you so far. Like if you're, if you're not like seeing that your body is connected to your mind and like also connected to your spirit. So I love that you're doing that work. And like, I also love that you quit like, as you worked on the underlying symptoms, it took away the need to drink. Most people go at it from the opposite. Like mm-hmm. they quit the the thing and then realize, oh shit, there's all this stuff underneath that I didn't even realize was causing me to like act out or use a substance in this way. Even if it's like not to the extreme, there's all different levels, right? Of like yeah. checking out, numbing out. But that's really cool because um, – yeah, I just, I, well, it's not as common. You hear like, you hear them quit the thing and then go backwards to like what caused it. Yeah, well, that, like, that's the hardest part for so many people who get sober, right? Is like all the issues that you've been keeping at bay with your use, like suddenly like land on you like a ton of bricks, right? Um, but I mean, I, I agree. And like, I, I love that you have this holistic lens with codependency and even kind of broader than the term of codependency too. Because when I think about it, like, I like, like I, I, I love, I, I did this retreat at this place called onsite like years ago, which I didn't, I didn't really love it. Some people, uh, swear by it, but, 
Um, but they really talked a lot about, and they used the term medicator a lot, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, so, and that's not just alcohol and drugs, but that's also like, that can be sex. That can be porn. That can be working out. That can be being a workaholic, right. That can be kind of like acting out and dating and all of these things. And I think like everybody is doing some of those, yeah. you know? Yeah. I totally agree with you. And like, a lot of people look at me crazy when I'm like, uh, everyone's an addict. Yes. <laughs> like, literally everyone is an addict somewhere on the spectrum. Like, and even social media, like, and so mm-hmm. I really have broadened the definition to be anything you do to take you out of yourself and your experience of yourself. So you can literally use anything. There's a million drugs of choice. And I have loved all of them. <laughs> and like it's not I didn't discriminate I was like oh if I can't get this I'll use this if I can't get this I'll use this and so it's um getting sober was a little bit like whack-a-mole it was like Hmm. all right I quit the drinking now what like and then like food came up and then I was like all right I got that under control I like went to treatment for that and then like men came up and like love and I was like, oh my God, like they're, it's, it's all a similar route, but they are different branches, like on this mm. tree. So even though working on one works on all of them, it's still like, I, there's a little bit of like a different approach for like, for example, food, you, you, you eat it. So you can't just like go abstinent. Yes. That's like, that's what's crazy to me. Like the idea of like, you know, like imagine if you, if you take the analogy of like a drug addict, it's like, you have to like use like three times a day to live. Like you have to let the beast out of the cage like three yeah. times a day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I have so much um, admiration for people who recover from eating disorders. I mean, that's like, like the toughest thing in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, Can- question. Oh, sorry. Go, Le- Leanna, you go. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to talk, I wanted to get into the codependency part of it um, and see if we can maybe dive a little bit more into the relational part and talk a little mm-hmm. bit about your past with your relationships. And maybe, because I know codependency is often um, a part of addiction, right? And, um, or can be often seen in addiction. And I just kind of wanted to hear your experience with your relationships and kind of where that's led you and then how you help women with codependency in their relationships. Yes. So, you know, in the, in the addiction lens, in the um, addiction recovery space, we see codependency as defined as like trying to control the addict or the alcoholic in their life. That's usually like mm-hmm. there's – and I know this is very gender – stereotypical but like in a lot of the old literature it's like the man is um the man is like drinking a lot and the woman is trying to control him and trying Mm. to control it and obviously you can't do that so it forms this like codependency where she's trying to control him and and so he's the addict she's the codependent and that's kind of what a lot of people see codependency as and it is on a on some level the definition um in that lens but I see it as 
doing that in any relationship. So like focusing on someone else and neglecting yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. So you are literally like more dependent on the other person and like, like looking to them for how to feel like very obsessed with their emotional space and what they're feeling. It's almost like as someone who's in a recovering codependent and working with a lot of women, it's almost like we know what the person is feeling more than we know what we're feeling Mm. because we're that tuned into them. And like that obsessed with like neglecting ourselves, like, well, and it, it almost feels like the, the other person in the relationship is the escape from that it feels shitty inside your own head, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to get out of there. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's an addiction. So like um, it's been said it's like para-alcoholism. So it's like the addict is using the drug or drinking and the codependent is like using the addict as a drug. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so it really is like um, it, love addiction, sex addiction. It's very overlapped with codependency. Mm-hmm. I would say it's like very, like it's very blurry. The lines there. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, and I, I don't know if this is like I can kind of relate in terms of like I've had relationships in my life where I was not at the best place, and it was really it felt really nice to be with somebody who like was at a way worse place than I was. Cause then I could be like the stable, secure one. And I could ignore all my shit because I was constantly helping them manage their shit that kept coming up in their life. Yeah. So it's a great distraction from ourselves. And that's why the solution is to kind of come back home to mm-hmm. the self. And it's like, uh, very, So I want to say that, you know, we get to be this way for reasons. Like we get, we get to develop these habits usually from survival, survival circumstances. So, or like conditioning. And so like none, none of it, I just kind of want to like add that to this, that none of it is like, I'm choosing to, um, be obsessed with my boyfriend because I I don't want to look at my own patterns. Like most of us don't consciously say that yeah. and know that we're doing that until we're like waking up to our patterns. Right. So for anyone listening that's like in that space, like I just say that to kind of bring an energy of like compassion and gentleness that like mm. it's okay if that's where you are and this isn't a linear process where like I have my codependent um, habits like come up in smaller ways maybe, but they come up like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like a I'm done forever and I'm healed. Um, So what really got me into my own journey with it was after I got sober from alcohol and drugs, I recognized Oh, I'm really codependent. <laughs> like I'm now addicted to people and like kind of just focusing on them and not on my own life and overgiving and people pleasing and really like that was my identity. So, mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was if I wasn't helping you. 
Mm-hmm. And I would argue that like a lot of us in the space of, of, he- of healing, you know, come from this place of like wanting to feel needed, wanting to feel like the savior, but it, it's not like so pathological, but you can see where there's some tendrils of codependent conditioning in there. Mm. Um, and I, I just check myself. Like if I'm giving too much to clients, like I just check myself and I'm like, Oh, that's a signal for me to like pull it back in mm. and turn around and like give myself some of that. And then, and then go back out and like give from the overflow as opposed to the deplete, like giving from nothing and feeling like a martyr and a victim. Cause I'm like, all these people need me and uh, like, I have no time for myself. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I love that drives me so nuts when people are like, my life is so busy and I'm here for 10 hours and I'm over here and I'm like, you are choosing this. Yeah. Like you are choosing your life, you know? Mm. I mean, I get it. Like I get the, when we feel stressed, like I do it myself. Like I've got this many clients and I've got this recording and I've got this over here and I do this much editing. And then it's like, well, I'm choosing that for myself. I can I can make choices of where I want to cut down, you know. Um, can you – I'm, like, curious, and I, I hope I'm not the only one, but, like, can you explain love addiction? Because that's not something we've ever really talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of – like, what's the definition of it? What does yeah. it look like? Um. So I, I'm not an expert in love addiction, but as far as, like – so hold on one sec. Um, I'll show you like, so I have one of my favorite codependency books is codependent no more. Okay. Um, And then like, I have some love addiction books and one of them is women who love too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just like the, the, how code it's codependency, but it's like, I guess more exclusive to love relationships. And Mm. so, um, you know, so it's, it's, I mean, that's, I know that sounds very simple, but it's like, instead of it being all people, it's like your love relationships are front and center all the time. Like maybe you always need to have a partner so that you can focus on that. Sometimes it can look like the opposite and you're like always single. Like it, it manifests itself in different ways, but the, I think that the underlying like obsession and compulsion and like addictive mentality with someone who you're dating or in love with or in a marriage with or whatever. Like it's really just like an, Oh, again, this like over focus on them to the exclusion and expense of yourself. So like you lose yourself in people. That's how I've experienced it. Like I just don't like, I remember my first boyfriend, I was 21 and I just like did whatever he wanted me to do and kind of like just conformed to his life and um, focused on him and like made him happy and didn't even think about what made me happy because I didn't know. Like Mm. I didn't know myself. So I just was like, Mm. I'm just gonna, you know, and that came from like my role as a child. Like I was felt very responsible for feeling I was like the middle of six children. And I felt like I had to 
keep the peace and like be the one that made people happy and like didn't have like didn't cause trouble and didn't have needs mm-hmm. and like so I just extended that into my relationships when I was an adult and I was like oh like this is all I know and that's the thing about conditioning and programming like we're just repeating patterns that we know like And that's why I'm so passionate about subconscious work now. And that's how hypnotherapy comes in because it's like making those subconscious beliefs um, conscious, like bringing them to light and seeing what they actually are. Oh, like I'm afraid of abandonment. And so if I, if I like focus on this, like my boyfriends have always been like, (laughs) um, it's funny, Jared, what you said about wanting someone like kind of worse off because I didn't consciously choose that. But I was like, I'd always I'd always go for like fixer uppers that I could like, <laughs> I could, like make project and then you know, like an ego boost from from, you know, helping them so much and um, and not. And I think it will also is this like fear of abandonment of like, if they need me, if I make myself so indispensable that they need me, like I'll be good. They won't leave. Like I'm literally taking care of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't recognize that for a long time that I was like the part of it was that so that I didn't have like someone wouldn't leave. Hmm. Can, can we talk more about the, the hypnotherapy aspect? Because that's like, one of the only uh, healing things I haven't tried on myself, <laughs> and I'm and I'm like really curious about it. And like, how did you find it? And like, how does that work? Like when when oh you my do God. Work yeah. So interestingly enough, I wasn't searching for it, and I I think sometimes in like this spiritual realm, we can get like obsessed with more certifications and more tools and like oh my god have you tried this have you tried this and it's like uh it it can be this like almost it's its own form of like insanity where we need we think we need all these things so anyway I was kind of off of that and I wasn't looking for anything new I wasn't looking but my friend who was a hypnotherapist in this style called RTT rapid transformational therapy she just like messaged is a Facebook friend too. Like I wasn't close with her. She lives in Australia and she messaged me and she's like, Hey, do you want like a, do you want, do you want a a hypnotherapy session? Like I'd love to give, give you one. And I was open to the universe and kind of like, sure. Why not try it? Like I didn't really know anything about it. I had zero expectations. And I think that was really great for someone like me. Cause I just, I just was so like a clean slate and open to, to it. And, um, it was so powerful. We did the session. It was so powerful that, and I had a big breakthrough around like ancestral trauma and food Hmm. and it was 2018 and, um, my relationship with my dad, I had a big breakthrough with him too. And just like how much power I'd given him. It was almost like I was freed from needing his approval. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It was major. And 
So I experienced such a potent healing that I was like, I need to do this so I can bring it to my clients. So I like signed up. Marissa Peer is the one who um, came up with this um, method. And I went and trained, did her training in New York. And then I did it and I kind of just blended it into the services I was already bringing people, which were like coaching and kind of like mentorship and guidance. And I just added the hypnotherapy piece in um, to address their subconscious mind because all the other stuff is is kind of addressing their conscious mind, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, mm-hmm. it felt like the it felt like such a great compliment and kind of, uh, in a way, a little bit the missing piece because our subconscious mind is formed like I think by age seven. And it drives like 95% of our behavior. So like most of what we do is from that. Uh, some, this like dark cave in our mind that we don't even know what's in there. So to go in there and look and bring it to light is, is extremely like liberating and, and um, clarifying. Like I, as someone who's like kind of an overthinker, like I've, mm-hmm have that it's I've never been able to like get to some of the places I get to with the hypnosis because my mind is just it's too much in its like it's too much in its beta like it's logical analytical thinking part Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and so hypnosis much like meditation gets you in that receptive state where your resistance is so much less and you can actually you can like the answers kind of float up and you're not thinking about them you're not thinking about the what you think it is and your ego's not in charge it's almost like your spirit is talking more and your emotions and your body are talking like maybe even your inner child and that was really different for me because I had done like 15 years of like talk therapy and psychoanalysis. <laughs> and so it was kind of just like the perfect complement to my growth and then bringing it to clients. It, it, it's really rewarding for me to do that work because it, it goes so much deeper. And I love like, like I love sitting with clients and they're crying or having a huge release or a breakthrough. Like, it's like what I live for. <laughs> mm. What what is it? Can you break it down a little bit? What does it look like? Like what? Because I feel like there's a stigma around hip yeah. hypnosis. Yeah. Are, are you waving a watch in front of people's face? No. So <laughs> honestly, I know, and that's always the question I get because of the stigma. Mm-hmm. People are just very mystified by it, um, and what they know from the media. So it's really, really like simple and not scary like people think it is it's it's really like I'm getting so I put you in a trance state which is a fancy kind of way to say that I put you in meditation and get you relaxed so that how do you do that how do you put us in that well I I use my so you look up with your eyes like with your eyeballs and like you kind of (laughs) this thing happens with your eyes and, and then you, and then I have you shut them 
and you kind of like drop into this space. So it's, there's definitely like physiology involved and I just use my finger to like, okay. Like almost like EMDR a little bit. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sorry. Keep going. I would say it's similar to that. Um, and then I'm just guiding you through the whole time and having a dialogue with you and like asking you questions and like, like when I do the recordings for my clients after they've had a session, it sounds like a meditation recording, Hmm. but it's, it's because of the, because of the little extra like eye movements and kind of getting them into like this alternate consciousness, I would say it's a little deeper than meditation. The Mm -hmm. way that we know meditation, unless your practice is like super advanced. I don't know, Jared, if you've gone to a bunch of silent meditation retreats, like maybe you can drop in really deeply, really quickly. Most of my clients, like even if they have some spiritual practices, they're, they're um, not, you know, they, they're, they're not, it, it goes deep for them because they're not necessarily like little Buddha meditators. Yeah. Uh, me either. It was really funny when I did my like second retreat at the at the very end, you can talk. Right. And all these guys were like, Oh, like this is your second one, like blah, blah, blah. And then they were like sharing like, like I had this experience where I was like seeing this light and I was feeling this stuff all over. And I was like, I've never had anything like that. ever." <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, I think that there's a lot of like, like hypnotherapy, I think is very similar to other methods that are used to help people heal through trauma. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, like trauma is in our bodies, right? It's our subconscious. And like EMDR, you're using eye movement to kind of um, relive the trauma as you're re-associating your eye movement so that you're trying to like let it release out of your body. Um, I've done some methods where I've done um, tapping methods and kind of like um, energy release methods to kind of release trauma. And then there was this other thing that I like to do this thing called neurofeedback where they kind of like help my brain like um, basically regulate. But, but my, the guy that does that for me was also saying that he does this thing where he kind of puts you in like almost a state of pre-sleep and then you talk through your trauma, which it sounds like Mm. it's kind of the same thing, you know, or very similar. It's a, and so I think, oh, and on top of that, like now, like psychologists are using like psychedelics, right. Mm -hmm. To, to help you get into a state again, where you're helping release like this trauma from your body. And so I think, I just think there's so much more that's coming out now about the fact that like, while talk therapy is so important, it doesn't release trauma from your body. You're not going to release body trauma from talk therapy. You're just not, right? Mm -hmm. It's there. It's there. And so there have to be other ways for us to allow that. And it sounds like you're really able to like really help your clients using this method of like, like you said, like go that extra step. Yeah. I mean, I think talk therapy and like coaching, you know, conscious coaching where you're like just talking um, is so helpful for 
perspective shifts. Like, mm-hmm. and that in itself can be extreme breakthroughs. Um, it's just like, even with medicine journeys, like, uh, and the, um, like shamanism and leading people through, I haven't taken, I haven't done that, but I have people ask me about it a lot, especially in the sober space. Cause like, it's like, kind of like, can we do like, this? Be sober? Is that allowed? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, right, right. like, but no, this is whatever, like every to each their own. I, but I, like, I agree with you. There's so many ways to get to the same place. And I'm not one of those people that's like, hypnotherapy is the best and for everyone and you have to do it in order to heal your deep deep seated daddy issues like like I think that there's so just whatever works for you whatever you're drawn to whatever you stumble upon um and I a lot of them work in the same ways it's just like EMDR when you like change the association of the memory, that's what we do in the hypnotherapy too. Right, like going right. back into the memory, not to relive it, but to change the association and the story around it so that it's not, it doesn't have control over you today in the same, it's to free yourself. And I think that I've seen people like, yeah, there's just so many different healing techniques. I got to a point where I was like overdosing on healing. Mm. And I was like, all right, like I'm good. I don't need to process anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, we're done. <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> I've completed everything. <laughs> um, well, I want to be conscious of our time because yeah. I know I know you guys both have to leave in a few minutes, but um one I want you to come back and do a whole episode with us on astrology. <gasps> well, I'm not I'm an astrologer. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Is astrology what I'm talking to? Aren't you like into like, what's, um, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to sound so stupid right now. Sasha, so go learn about astrology and then come back. <laughs> no, wait, like <laughs> Leo, wait, Leo, Libra, that's all astrology, right? Yeah, it is, and I'm into it, but like only kind of as a as a hobby. Like I don't oh. cards, like, and I've gotten into reading cards, and it's just I'm developing it on my own, but I don't like I don't uh, like I'm not an astrologer or like an astrologer. okay, but. But do you think you have enough, like, of, like, you can explain each sign and, like, what the... Like, oh, yeah, the, kind of. Yeah, yeah see, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm mostly obsessed with my own sign because I'm... Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a Leo. I know the most about myself. <laughs> so well, I had... Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Well, I was going to say, like, so because you, you talked about pulling cards. So can you tell us a little bit about... Because I have had friends who were, like, into that, and I've had, like, really cool experiences with that. So, like... How does that work? And like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've gotten more into it. Like it's, it's really developing I, since, since the pandemic. So like I live alone and it's been a really interesting year for people. I mean, everyone, but like the, the challenges that come from being in quarantine and living alone, it, it like I have developed a deeper relationship with God and kind of like Mm. my spirit because I got to like some really lonely places of just like Mm. I need 
human touch. Like, <laughs> someone. Like, I really was suffering. And so I, I've developed it a lot this year and especially in the last couple months. And it's just like, I'm just kind of open to it. And I like watching other people. I have, I follow some people that I'm learning from and there's nothing to it. It's, it's, it's again, it's like following your intuition Mm. and having a connection to spirit so that you're not the one like playing, like I have cards right here. Okay. I'm not the one like playing God with like reading your cards. I'm kind of tapping into, I'm tapping into like divine connection to be the conduit of the, the wisdom that wants to come through and interpreting the cards as best I can. Like, so does that kind of answer your question? Yes. And I, and I just want to say on this for a second for listeners who might be feeling like kind of skeptic or whatever. So uh, my, our listeners, if you're a follower of Hello and Goodbye, know that I grew up very conservative Christian and I would still consider myself a Christian, but I'm a much more liberal Christian and and I would only use the word Christian because that's like the term, but more of like, I have a relationship with God and I have a relationship with Christ and I believe in love. And um, I've, I've realized through my journey um, of just kind of figuring out what I feel comfortable with um, that God can speak to us in so many different ways. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, the only way that he can speak to us doesn't have to just be through the Bible or doesn't have to just be through prayer. I really believe that you can see God everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how I think of this. Like, I think like if it, this is a message that I'm supposed to hear, mm-hmm. like why can't it come from mm-hmm. a card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Well, and and I, I would just add to that, right? I mean, I think, yes, to everything you said, Leanna, that was actually really beautiful. I've never hear, heard you explain yeah. your sort of faith like journey, like where you are right now in that way. Um, But to add to that, like, I so appreciate you, Sasha, naming like this idea of the unconscious, right? And like, like that it's, it's like, you know, that, that thing with the iceberg, right? Where only like 10% of it is what you can see above the water. Like that's all of our minds. And we think like, well, I reacted in this situation because this person said this. And it's like, well, no, it's really because your mother always played the victim and that really like got under your skin (laughs) without you even knowing it. And you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And we, we are all doing that. And, and part of what's been cool for me, um, both in the type of therapy that I'm doing, because I could have told you 20 years ago, like all the stuff that like messed me up when I was a kid. Like I could have told you very articulately all of it. And yet I was still sort of prisoner to it. And, and like, so for me, it was going into a form of therapy that was like feeling into it and, and almost re-experiencing it, even, even though it was in that talk therapy setting, like still in a more kind of embodied way and kind of like moving from the head to the heart sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, and meditation is sort of the same thing, right? In meditation, you're kind of getting your rational ego thinking monkey mind out of the way. And all of this other stuff is still there. All of this sensation and perception is all underneath there once you get that out of the way. And yeah. so I'm also relating that to what you're saying about cards and and other similar energy practices and things like that, which is like, if we can get our brains out of the way, there's so much more going on that we can tap into that 
is always there, but we're too busy being like, I have to do this later. And why did I say that to this person? And like all of that. Like we're very caught up in the superficial, like surface appearance Mm -hmm. of stuff and what taking things at face value when there's so much going on underneath and like on an energetic level and subtle energy, like, and that's kind of what cards. So I, well, I got into energy. So I'm like actually also certified in Reiki energy healing, but I don't really, I use it in the sense that it, in, it informs like that I see energy, like I see, I feel energy. Like I feel yeah. energy more than I know, more than I like to think with my logical mind. Like mm-hmm. I, I know when something is something without being able to tell you like why and give you evidence and like give you a science. One of my friends is very into research and science and I like am not at all. And <laughs> she's like, well, how do you know? I mean, what, how can you deduce that? And I'm like, I don't, there's no facts. It's just like a knowing. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Okay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, Sasha, I, uh, so listeners, I asked Sasha if she would pull a card for me and Jared um, to see and so do you want to do Jared's first? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm shuffling. I've been shuffling and just kind of like connecting with the cards and um, asking spirit for guidance. Like you can have a question or anything that you're wanting guidance or no question um, on that you're thinking about. Um, I do agree with you also, Leanna, about God speaking through people. Like I really, since we live in an interconnected universe, um, that's how I felt a lot in AA meetings. Like when someone would share, I'd be Mm. like, Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. God was speaking Mm. that God was speaking through that person. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm just picking now. I just cut the deck and I'm, so these are angel or oracle cards. Um, and the card for you, Jared, is you are a powerful light worker. It is safe for you to be powerful. Your spiritual power brings great blessings in loving service to the divine. Hmm. And so um, this card comes to you because the angels want to help you feel comfortable with your spiritual power. You are extremely powerful because you, like everyone else, were made in the image and likeness of your powerful creator. Divine power flows through you when you hold the intention to conduct a healing. It is safe for you to feel and channel this power as it is not a personal or ego-driven force. When you intend to use divine power in the service of love, you experience harmony in all your activities. The more comfortable you are with your spiritual power, the more steadily and evenly it flows through you. Tight action steps. Tightness in your stomach muscles means that you're experiencing a power struggle. You either feel that someone is trying to control you or you're confused about how to use your power. Hmm. The next time you notice this tightening sensation, say, Archangel Michael, please help me step into my divine power with grace and gratitude. Notice your stomach muscles relaxing in response to this invocation as well as the situation easing into a win-win solution. Wow. Jared. That is like, 
so weirdly like synchronistic in so many ways of like stuff that's been like happening in my mind as we've been talking and like things in my life over the past like couple weeks and months and stuff like that. That's really, uh, wow. I'm like, well, aren't, and aren't you volunteering at like a meditation center next week? I am. Week? I'm going to volunteer at the meditation center on Monday. Yeah. yeah. That's like crazy. Glowing. What's that? What did you say? You're like glowing. You're like, yeah. Like, I am a, yeah. You like got infused with more light and maybe like reclaiming your power. That's so cool. Yeah. Thank Aww. you, Sasha. That was incredible. Yeah. I can send it to you if you want to read it. Re- like, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So same thing with you. Just like you can have a question in mind or you don't have to have one and just let it let it be what it is. Um, I'm trying to actually learn how to shuffle really cool like – poker player (laughs) (laughs) so this card past life issue this situation has a basis in one of your previous lifetimes ask your angels to help you remember release learn and heal from your past experiences so m-n-o-p so this is your card Okay. Yours, Jared, but I'll, I'll, now it's gone in the deck. So I'll, um, (laughs) um, you drew this card because experiences and emotions from one of your previous lifetimes are influencing the situation you're inquiring about. You have well-earned wisdom from that past life. Allow it to guide you in your present situation by trusting your gut feelings and hunches. Those intuitive impulses result from the knowledge you've gained in an earlier life. Trust it. People from your past life are making themselves known to you in this lifetime. They include a soulmate and family members, all with whom you share karmic ties. I got like chills reading that. I don't know why. In the past, these relationships may have been painful, but now is your opportunity to balance that karma and break the reincarnation cycle if you choose. Your action steps. Archangel Raziel, which means the secrets of God, is the angel who helps you understand, assimilate, and heal your past life memories. Go to a quiet place and say aloud or silently, Archangel Raziel, I call upon you now. Please help me understand, insert current question or situation, by guiding and healing me through my past experiences and relationships. I ask that you help me balance all karma with everyone involved in this situation, in all directions of time. Please help me uncover, heal, and release any old buried pain now and forever. Thank you. Your body may shudder as you say this, indicating that you're successfully releasing old pent-up pain. If you have memory snippets of past lifetimes, please write them down for further exploration with a past life regression therapist or by listening to a guided meditation CD. Wow. That was, that was insane. That was like spot on to what I was thinking about. Like spot, like crazy, (laughs) like crazy. I actually got the sensation in my shoulders. Like, and I, I got chills. I don't know why. So. Yeah. 
Well, Sasha, this has been so amazing. We are like, I'm so happy that we made this happen. Thank you for giving us your time. Tell our listeners every place that they can go and find you. Just Instagram. And like, I'm on TikTok for fun now, but you don't have <laughs> Like, I have no followers. I'm not trying to go viral. Um, I, yeah, Instagram is like the best place. And that's where you can find my website and all the links. Okay. And your Instagram handle? Oh, Sasha underscore Tazi. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. T-O-Z-Z-I. Okay. Well, Sasha, we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Please stay in touch. And um, I want you back on to do a fun episode on astrology. Okay. And we didn't even talk about dating. Like I have so many good stories. (laughs) I know. So we'll have to have you back on. There will be a Sasha Tazi part two. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll just have like a, like a whole series. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> co-host, have that. Yeah. Get in here. Welcome to the yeah. Welcome to the hello and goodbye family, Sasha Tosser. <laughs> All right, bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sasha. You're amazing. Holy shit, man. We love you. The best. We want you back. Yes. Um, you guys. Um, for those of you who aren't on Instagram, I just wanted to give you Sasha's website so you can go. It's www.sashaptazi.com. Um, and again, like, go hit her up. Give her all of the love. And um, yeah, we hope you're back. And then with us, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Yes. Rate and review. Tell a friend. Yeah. At hello and goodbye podcast. At underscore Lana Joan. At the real Jared Rodriguez. Twitter at hello underscore bye underscore pod. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.